Good morning, and welcome to Thanksgiving Week 2020 style. Um, I'm sitting here this morning just thinking about um, all the changes and wondering, you know, how many of us have had our, our, our plans have to, to change. We've either had celebrations postponed or trimmed down or uh, just, you know, delayed or, or uh, maybe completely turned inside out. Um, where it's not going to be a normal Thanksgiving for most of us, if not all of us. Um, and I started thinking about that and thinking how, you know, sometimes we get so into our, into a, not, I don't want to say a rut, but maybe I should say a rut, a routine. We get into these routines and we go through the motions when we have, you know, the holidays uh, set in, we have the turkey and we have, you know, the stuffing and the, the pumpkin pie and all the stuff that goes with it. Whatever your holiday traditions are for our family, it's uh, homemade Chex Mix is a huge part of that. Uh, but we have all these, you know, traditions that are set in and you know, there's football on the TV or there's uh, uh, Black Friday uh, shopping the day after. Uh, uh, for us, uh, it's usually a tree hunt. We go hunting for a Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. But for so many of us, all of that changed this year uh, because we're just not able to do the things that we normally do. So we're going to have a different kind of Thanksgiving. But one thing that has really remained the same, though, is that no matter what's going on around us, every one of us still has so many things to be, for which to be thankful. We have so many reasons to be thankful for the blessings in our lives, even when there's tragedy or even when there's disappointment, even when there's difficulty in our lives, we all have so many blessings for which to be thankful. Um, you know, we had a few weeks here uh, of relief where we were able to be in service together and worship together uh, uh, for, for, for a few weeks and, you know, a little different format, but it, it was still good being able to see each other. And then last week we uh, decided we needed to go back to virtual services again because honestly the COVID numbers in Bloomington were surging, you know, just going through the roof in Monroe County and we felt it was the only responsible thing to do. Now we can look at that and we can get discouraged and we can get up down and we can get you know just depressed or we can look at that and and say you know thank God that even though we uh, uh, are not able to meet together in person, we can still meet and see each other online. We can still get together, we can still worship together, we can still uh, learn together and grow together online. And I'm thankful for that, for the connection that we have, that, that we're able to connect online. Um, we weren't able to do what we're doing now a year ago. We didn't have the know-how, we didn't have equipment. We just weren't able to do it. But one of the blessings that came in the midst of the pandemic is that we got on this learning curve and were able to do things now that we couldn't do before. I do look forward to returning to in-person services again. 
uh, when we can safely do so. Um, you know, and I may we never take that for granted, you know, our ability to meet together. And, you know, hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later because, you know, we've got the vaccines coming and, and so forth. But, um, uh, uh, at, 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 at the same time, you know, until that happens, we have the ability to connect with each other online. And I'm thankful for that, uh, for the technological ability, for the help that we have to be able to do that, the people involved. Um, so, I, you know, I, and the other, another thing I'm thankful for as I was sitting, about, sitting here thinking about this is I'm thankful that God's work cannot be thwarted by a pandemic. A pandemic can come and it can cause all kinds of confusion and all kinds of chaos, but it cannot thwart the work of God in our lives. And I'm thankful for that. And the pandemic might be able to keep us from meeting with each other personally in one place, but it cannot stop the presence of God from meeting us right where we are right in our own living room, right in our own uh, kitchen, in our own bedroom, wherever, wherever it is that you're watching this. The Spirit of God can come in. The presence of God can come in and fill the room, flood the room where you are. And that's what I want to take a moment and, and just before we get started today, recognize. I want to recognize His presence. I want us to welcome him into our living room or dining room or kitchen, wherever we are, and, and uh, uh, just invite his work. So we're going to take a moment and just pray. And I invite you to just stop what you're doing. If you're, you know, up getting something or, you know, a drink or something like that, just go ahead and pause what you're doing for a moment and let's just invite the presence of the Lord. Lord, we do invite you into this place right where we are, right now, right at this moment, right at this place. We invite your presence. We, we ask you, Lord, we, we, we know that you're here by faith. We know that by faith, Lord. But I pray that you would now manifest your presence and make your presence tangibly known in our midst. Settle your peace over us. Settle your spirit over us. Lord, we welcome you and we embrace what you want to do in our lives. So we open our hearts to you and say, come in and do the work you want to do in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I want to take just a few minutes today and talk about, you know, since Thanksgiving is, is just a few days away, I want to talk about what is possibly the most heartfelt expression of gratitude in the Gospel of John, uh, maybe even in the New Testament as a whole. Um, heartfelt, genuine heartfelt expression of gratitude. So first let me remind you of the backstory. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, Jesus was with his disciples when he got word that his friend Lazarus uh, was really sick. And after receiving word, he waited where he was for two days. Then he went to see him with the disciples. And uh, by the time that Jesus arrived, though, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. 
you know, this is the story where we hear the, you know, the well-known saying that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, that's this story here. And, and after, after talking to Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, they lead him to the tomb. And when he arrived at the tomb, he proceeded to call forth Lazarus out of the tomb. He called the, the, the man that had been dead for four days. Jesus called him out of the tomb and he, and he came walking out fully alive. And that's amazing. That's, that's incredible. That's all in chapter 11, and that's our backstory. So now we turn to John chapter 12, and we're going to start at the beginning. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But G Judas Iscariot, the disciples who would, uh, disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. When the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. So let's take a look at this. There's a lot that we could take a look at in this, uh, in this uh, story, but I just want to focus on just a couple of things. Okay. This takes place after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. We covered that. Jesus returns to Bethany, and there is a big dinner being thrown in Jesus' honor. Uh, and and it's, it's a big ordeal. Now, um, <clears throat> during the course of this dinner, there is, uh, we have an account of Mary... Uh, taking an expensive jar of ointment or perfume and pouring it on Jesus' feet. Now, I just want to make a side note here. Each of the four Gospels tells the story of a woman anointing Jesus. All four Gospels have, have a story like that, okay? Matthew and Mark are telling one story. Uh, they're, they're, their stories are... are pretty much the same and, and it's very possible that that's the same story that John is telling here um, with a few different details the, the stories differ some some different details but it's very possible this is the same story as as Matthew and Mark are telling the story in Luke however is very different um, it's clear that that's a different story altogether for one thing Luke brings up the background of the woman, uh, uh, kind of a, a, a questionable background, and, 
and uh, that doesn't fit with this story. That doesn't fit with Mary's background uh, at all. And th there's just too many differences in Luke's story uh, that that tell us that Luke is telling a different story than John. So we're looking at John's story, possibly the same one as Matthew and Mark. We don't know for sure. Just kind of a side note as you read through to help you kind of keep things sorted. Uh, now, it's uh, uh, back to John's gospel then. This party that was being thrown was a big deal. A lot of people there. Lazarus and both of his sisters were there. You know, Martha was there. She was doing what Martha does. Now, what does Martha do? You know, she serves. Martha was serving because that's what, she, that's what Martha does. You know, we all know that from the scriptures. Uh, Lazarus was there. He was there eating with everyone. Okay, that's what I would be doing, eating the dinner. Uh, but it's what Mary did that I want to zero in on today. Let's look at it once more. Verse 3, Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance. Let me give you some keys. I want to talk about expressing heartfelt gratitude this morning. And I just want to give you a few keys very briefly on expressing gratitude, expressing heartfelt gratitude. Because while everything has changed this week, um, you know, with how we are celebrating the holidays, scaled down celebrations, or maybe postponed altogether, none at all. What I, I, I don't know. Everybody's story is a little different, but so many are, have, have had to change their celebrations. There's one thing that hasn't changed, and that is our ability to express the gratitude for which this holiday is set apart in the first place. So, some keys to expressing heartfelt gratitude. First key is very simple. Write this down. You ready? Just do it. Just do it. If there's something on your heart to do, to say thank you, to express gratitude, just do it. Don't second guess yourself. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Mary was so full of gratitude. She was so grateful for all that Jesus had done for her. I mean, my goodness, he brought her brother back from the grave after he was dead for four days. Jesus brought him back, and, 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 and there she's with him again. Uh, uh, you know, she was so grateful that she just had to let Jesus know uh, uh, what she was feeling. It had, had to let her, let him know how she felt. So she took a jar of, of, a fragrant ointment worth a year's wages. I mean, get that, a year's wages. It was possibly her life savings. And she poured it out all over Jesus' feet as he reclined at the table. It was an extravagant act of gratitude because that's what was in her heart. Her heart overflowed with love and with gratitude. And she had to find a way to, to uh, express it. And that's what she came up with. So she did it without giving it a second thought. She came in 
without hesitation, she took that, that jar, opened it up, and started pouring that ointment, that fragrant, perfumed ointment over all over Jesus' feet. I wonder how many times we've wanted to do something or thought, you know, I should say something to this person. I should send a card or a note to this person. I should do something for this person to show them how grateful I am for something they've done or, or maybe just for who they are and what they mean to us. And I wonder how many times we wanted to do something like that and second-guessed it or then even talked ourselves out of it and then later wished we had done it. Um, so if there's something on your heart, just do it. Show the gratitude, find a meaningful way to express it. And then when you know what you want to do, second thing is don't let the opinions or thoughts of others deter you. Don't let what somebody else thinks deter your expression of gratitude. You know, if, if like Mary, the gift costs something, there will be always be someone who say, oh, you don't need to do that. That's too much. That's too much. You don't need to, to, to give that. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. It truly amazes me sometimes how other people have their own opinion of what you should do with your money. You ever notice that? You ever notice that? Other people always have their own opinion of what you should do with your money. Judas had his opinions. You know, he said, oh, that money could have been given to feed the poor. And, and you know, why waste it on Jesus? Um, pouring it on his feet. And, you know, that's basically what he was saying. But it's because he was jealous. Because he didn't have the gratitude in his heart. And he wanted it to... Uh, he wanted the money to be put in the disciples' bag, not so that they could go and feed the poor or give it to the poor, but so he could get his hands on it because he was the keeper of the bag. And he liked to stick his hands in it and pull out what he wanted to do what he wanted sometimes. So that's basically what he was saying. You know, he, he, He's saying, why waste it there? I can't get it there. Uh, don't listen to that. Now, now just to clarify... Um, I always like to clarify when thoughts hit my mind of, well, what about this and this? Yes, there is a time to listen to wise counsel. Absolutely. But that's not what this was. This was the voice of criticism. Someone who, who didn't see the value of gratitude. So don't listen to the voices of criticism. One more thing about gratitude that I would really like us all to think about and... and um, spend some time thinking about this week because this is so key and that is let's recognize and let's realize that gratitude expressed changes the atmosphere let me say that again gratitude when it is expressed will change the atmosphere when Mary poured the ointment on Jesus' feet, that sweet fragrance filled the room. That sweet fragrance not just filled the room, it filled the entire house. And that's a picture of what happens when a spirit of thanksgiving breaks out in people's hearts. Thanksgiving will change the atmosphere. 
it diffuses tension, it disarms animosity, it promotes reconciliation, it tears down walls, it unites people. The sweet fragrance of gratitude permeates and changes the, the tone of conversations and plants the seeds of healing in relationships. That's what gratitude does. It changes the atmosphere in a, a room, in a house, in our lives. So here's your assignment. This week, open your jar. Open your jar. Let the fragrance of gratitude out. Let it fill your life. Let that become the thing that people know you for. Let that become the hallmark or the earmark of your life. It doesn't depend on everybody being able to get together around a, a, a table with a turkey on it. It doesn't depend on, on uh, any particular holiday tradition or, or whatever that we have. It's simply finding that gratitude in our heart and drawing it forth and expressing it in a meaningful way. And you can do that whether you're with a person or not. So let's open our jar. Let the fragrance of gratitude out. Let it fill our lives. And let that become the thing that we're known for. Let's change the atmosphere. Let's change the atmosphere of our homes. Let's change the atmosphere of our neighborhoods. Let's change the atmosphere of our community. Let's change the atmosphere of our nation. Let's change the atmosphere of this pandemic. Let's change the atmosphere by becoming people who routinely express heartfelt gratitude, gratitude out of the overflow of our hearts. Let's do that and let's make a difference and let's start now. See what happens. Now for the benediction. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Check in with someone this week. See how they're doing. See how their, their, their celebration plans have, have maybe changed. And just let them know you're thinking about them. Have a great Thanksgiving, not just day, not just week, but have a great Thanksgiving life. Let it be more than a holiday. Let it be a lifestyle. God bless you. Let's worship some more.